You're listening to the Common Descent Podcast. Hello, Will. Hello, David. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a special quick episode of the Common Descent podcast announcing the return of the poll. Mm-hmm. Those of you who have been listening for a long time or who have gone through our back catalog of episodes will recall that after episodes two and three, we put a poll up on the internet to yes. ask the internet, the masses of the internet, to help us settle a long-running dispute. Will thinks that the best group of animals in the world are crocodilians. And I think the correct thing (laughs) that they are not, that it is instead snakes. The snakes versus crocs poll was up on Twitter for a while after the third episode came out. And we received a far too small sample size worth of respondents, (laughs) but a very, very wise sample size, very wise sampling. (laughs) So for our own amusement and by popular demand, Yes. We are bringing back the poll. It is going to kick off on the 1st of May and is going to run for the first week of May. The poll is going to ask you very simply, which is better, snakes or crocs? Crocs or snakes? We will be putting the poll up on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Patreon. Feel free to vote on all three. If you are on all three, go for it. Don't vote for the same place twice if you figure out how to do that somehow. Don't do that. But yeah, no, you could vote on Twitter and then vote on Facebook. We'll look at each of the social media polls individually and compare them at the end. Now that we have a much wider listener base, I will be interested to see if they are a wiser sample. (laughs) Or we have just increased in our our quality listeners. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping to see. That's exactly what I mean. If you want the full rundown of some fascinating information on our two favorite groups of animals, check out episodes two and three, which were devoted entirely to those groups. But in addition to those, we are going to grant you a little bit of a pitch for each one. Just a couple minutes from each of us selling you on why you should vote for our personal choice of favorite group of animals. Will? Well, I believed... So, we neither of us can agree on who should go first. We normally agree on so many things. <laughs> we thought it would be much more fitting, since this is a, a battle for the ages, to roll initiative, to have a roll-off, <laughs> <laughs> to see who gets to go first. Indeed. We'll roll for the choice. Yes. So, whoever wins the roll gets to pick... Who goes first? They can choose to go first or they can allow the other one. I have my D20. I have mine. A 20-sided die. This is the same 20-sided die that I used to attack your character, by the way. This is the same 20-sided die I used to kill your monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Count us off, sir. All right. We are rolling now. Do you have your results, sir? I do. I rolled a 16. All right. Well, I rolled a 5, so I'm pretty sure yours is higher. (laughs) (laughs) I will allow you to go first. Oh, very gracious buddy. of you. Very well then. I will I will present my pitch, my brief argument as to why crocs are obviously the best. 
Now, many of you who have been listening have already heard me go on and on about these these animals. And the list of things that make them awesome is too long for even a single episode. But <laughs> I hear I have here the three things that I think that are really my personal favorites and that I think really sets them apart as a group of animals, especially ones that are still around today. First and most obvious, they're big and they're beautiful and they're imposing. These are the largest reptiles alive today. They have species ranging throughout the sizes, but the largest ever measured, a saltwater crocodile in the Philippines, was 20 feet 3 inches and over 2,000 pounds, 2,370 pounds to be exact, scooching over a ton. And that's just for the modern ones. We'll get into how big they used to be. They are also usually, or very often, the largest predators in their habitats. Many of the places you find them, there's not anything else in the water that's going to rival them once they're full grown, except for a couple of ex very rare exceptions. And even w past that, on many of the continents they're found on, which is all of them except, an except Antarctica and Europe, they are the largest land predator. They're also just the largest land predator. That max weight that I just quoted you is heavier than any polar bear we've ever found. So next time someone tells you that polar bear is the largest land predator, you can tell them it is not. They are heavyweights. And when you go back through the crocodiliforms family history, you have multiple species that blow this out of the water. 40 foot crocs with six foot skulls that had jaws massive in scale and teeth the size of tyrannosaur teeth. So size and all very impressive. On top of that, they're very resilient, not just physically, but also survival wise. This group has been around for almost 200 million years. They have survived two of the main mass extinctions that many other animals were not able to. And throughout their history had such variety as galloping crocodiles, oceanic crocodiles, huge giants, and even armored herbivorous crocs. This success continues today from the Triassic through to now, and today they are still hard to kill. They have an incredible immune system, almost impervious to infection. They can lose limbs, go right back into the muck and not have to worry about it. They can suffer what would be a crippling injury to many other animals and still die of old age. A lost limb, two lost limbs, that's nothing. As long as they've got their tail in their mouth, they can keep going. This is due to their credible immune system and also the body armor they have under their skin, all of which have it on their back and neck, many of which continue it across to the belly. So they are literally armored. And all of this leads to my favorite aspect about them. They eat everything. There is nothing these things won't chow down on. They have the strongest recorded bite force of any living creature. When they go to town, they can eat things starting off with insects from birth, all the way up to the large fish, the mammals and birds and amphibians that they live with, taking on tough stuff like hoofstock, turtles that they can crack the shell open of, even going out into the ocean, even for freshwater animals. Alligators have been found going out into the surf to take on crabs, stingrays, sharks, plus members of their own race. So if something can eat a croc, especially a big croc, it's pretty impressive. And then this next bit, which may sound like a negative point, but I ask you to bear with me. They're one of the only remaining predators 
that still hunts us, that actively seeks us out as prey. Not only two species really do this, the Nile and saltwater crocodile. Those two still see us as lower on the food chain than them. There's not many animals that can claim that and claim it as a regular trait. Usually when you find that trait coming up in an animal, it's a weird situation. These, if they see a human, yeah, okay. Yeah, I could go for a bite. They have been known to actively stalk humans. There's not many animals left on the planet that we have not taught our dominion. They still do not recognize it. That's my pitch. I don't see how you're going to follow that. That was a real nice declaration. (laughs) Now, dear listeners, uh, let me convince you otherwise. (laughs) Let me explain to you why you should instead put your vote towards the serpents. I'll begin with a story. For over 300 million years of Earth history, tetrapods, the four-limbed vertebrates, mostly living on land, have dominated land, air, and also sea using a seemingly endless variation of their trademark four legs. Snakes looked upon their tetrapod brethren and said, where we're going, we don't need legs. And where did they go? Everywhere. Snakes are not the only tetrapods to have lost all of their limbs, but they are by far the most successful. There are snakes that burrow through the soil, snakes that race across the forests, snakes that climb through the trees, snakes that jump across the sand, snakes that spend their entire lives swimming through the oceans, and snakes that open their rib cages and glide through the air. Snakes that survive in the harshest deserts, snakes that colonize distant islands, and snakes that snatch bats out of the air in dark caves. You would think that they would be at a major disadvantage having lost all the limbs that make tetrapods so iconic, suited only for a specific lifestyle. But snakes have not only persisted like this, with this unusual body plan, they have become one of the most successful vertebrate groups with over 3,000 living species and having had such success for at least 150 million years. And on each snake, at the end of its powerful cable of a body, is one of the most incredible skulls in the animal kingdom. Snake skulls are more maneuverable, by far, than our skulls. More maneuverable than just about every other animal. Their jawbones can move in several directions at once, which is what gives them the famous ability to swallow giant food items. The joints between their skull bones let their jaws bend and contort around their food as they eat it, and their jaws very literally walk one after the other across their prey. Some snakes have even augmented these incredible heads with additions such as extremely potent venom sacs delivered through hypodermic needle teeth, infrared sensors, and... Bottom jaws that swing out and in like super speed saloon doors to vacuum up their prey, just to name a few. Snakes are not only ubiquitous in nature, found all over the world in all sorts of different habitats, at all sizes, eating all sorts of prey. They are also ubiquitous in our own cultures. All around the world and all throughout human history, snakes have been and are being worshipped, feared, and featured in some of literature's most iconic stories. 
whether or not we are born afraid of snakes is not entirely certain based on the research that has been done on it. But what is clear is that snakes absolutely occupy a special place in our minds. When humans, at under a year old even, are shown images of snakes, we react more quickly than to images of other objects. We become extra focused and extra attentive on those images of snakes. Reading the descriptions of how infants and other primates respond to images of snakes brings to my mind the image of people staring at a campfire. This is a trait, again, we share with other primates. Snakes are a fascinating force of nature that have been hardwired into our brains since long before our own species was around to encounter them. These, dear listeners, are but a few of the reasons why you, when our poll is up, should head on over and cast your vote for the, the obvious choice, the correct choice. The Crocs. This, no, Will. No. I'm sorry. I thought you were setting me up. <laughs> That's enough from us. Listeners, hopefully we have been able to convince you to our sides. Check out the polls on Twitter, on Facebook, on Patreon. When you get there, you will see that you have two options, Crocs or Snakes. But we invite you in the comments below those polls to let us know what your favorite group of animals is. Yeah. Maybe even if you feel like it, submit your own pitch, write it down, record yourself, whatever you want to do. Send us a, you know, link us to a cool video. Sell us on it. <laughs> Make the case for your favorite group of animals after you tell us which one of us you agree with. Vote wisely. Vote wisely. Vote <laughs> wisely.